This podcast is brought to you by Nut Wani Coalition's Farm Talk podcast. They have been serving the Hopi community since 2004 by working to reaffirm and preserve traditional Hopi farming. Go to nutwanicoalition.org to learn more. That's N-A-T-W-A-N-I coalition.org. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I'm your host, the Five Star, Five Diamond Chef, J-Man. And with me is Captain Sweatpants, although we're both Captain Sweatpants today, <laughs> Carl. I told you sweatpants is the most comfortable thing around. I, see, I told I don't know why you don't want to be cool like me. I, I just don't understand that. Well, I, another thing that you don't understand, too, is I said this more than once, that both you and I have different definitions of what cool means. <laughs> hey, if, if so thinks I'm cool, then I'm cool, okay? <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole, but I'd like to thank everybody out there, all the listeners, for joining us again today for another episode of the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. And we kind of got a special episode today, a little bit of uh, kind of switching things up a little bit, out uh, trying to bring some topics to your ears that's, I guess, a little bit more relevant, something that's a little bit more useful than the normal BS and normal joking <laughs> conversations that that you and I have. And so yeah. we're going to talk about something that a lot of people, including myself, don't really seem to understand. And that's finances. Yeah, finances. I mean, like everybody here dun, on the dun, dun. <laughs> everybody here on the Hope Reservation doesn't understand finance. I mean, if if there's a dollar sign involved, then uh, it must be it must be that you have to be rich in order to afford certain things like that. You, you know, the funny thing is, is that I think a lot of us have this mentality that if I have twenty dollars in my pocket. What can I find out there that costs $20? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess that is that mentality where, you know, you just, you have money, but then you spend the money and then you don't have no more money. And then you're wondering, how do I get more money? And then you discover things like credit cards. It's like, oh, I can buy things on credit. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> My max is what? $5,000. What can I find that costs $5,000? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you you own credit cards, right? You have credit I, cards. I own credit cards. Yeah. Un- unfortunately. I, I own debt. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's weird because I, I never knew that you could, you could refinance or you could have like, uh, there's all these different terms like refinancing, restructure, re, re, rehabilitation. I don't know if that's a true thing in the finance world, but, but anyway, it's like, it's, I had money. I have money, but then I don't know how to keep my money. <laughs> you, you get what I mean? You get what I mean? I, I get what you mean. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, all those terms that you were throwing out there, and I think really only one of them was a real finance term. But then like that, like I, I have absolutely no concept of exactly what refinancing mean or finances because then, you know, like, cause I, I, for, for as much as I like to brag about, you know, my master's degrees yeah, and my, yeah. my fancy college education that I very am unknowledgeable when it comes to the financial aspect of our living here. And I, I think that, you know, I, I probably have as much knowledge as anybody else when it comes to finances, because then, you know, when you think about something like a car, right? Like, like you pay for a car bill. Yeah. It's this false idea that as 
me having a car and paying on it monthly that I own the car. Yeah. Which yeah. really isn't true because technically the, the bank, bank owns, owns the car. The car yeah. And I'm paying the bank so that one day I might be able to own the car. And so, you know, a lot of us <laughs> are running out there. We got three different car notes, car bills, and we're all bragging. Oh, I, I own three cars. But that's not, you know, the, the true reality of it. It's really it's that you're 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 in debt to the bank. Yeah, exactly. For, for a vehicle that they allow you to use. You know, here on the reservation, we we as Native Americans don't have a sense of of finance and how to deal with the big wig guys and how to deal with all of these different structures like that. And the my point is is that there are Hopis out here that own those G sheds. Remember the G sheds that mm -hmm, are around here? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. And I see, I see that, you know, it's, it's like, um, how much it's like a hundred dollars down and you go home with a huge house, G, G, yeah, G, G, shed. G shed and and you go home and then you find out the bill is about a thousand some odd dollars. And you're like, that's, that's a month. And they're, they're like, yeah, you know, we, we charge you shipping fees, truck fees. You know, I had to take a restroom fee when I was going over there, <laughs> restroom, break fee. restroom break free, you know, all of these fees and these little things like that in there. And I had to buy an apple pie when I stopped. <laughs> so we're going to charge you for that too. And all of these little things add up and not knowing that in the contract that we signed and Hopis don't want to read no contract. Did you ever read your 32 page contract when you got your car? When I bought my very first truck, all I heard was that your monthlies are going to be around $400. <laughs> I knew that that was something that I could handle. And so I signed yeah, uh, 100 yeah. documents that they made me sign, completely omitting that my interest rate was 20% plus. Yeah, and yeah. so I essentially bought two trucks for the price of one. I actually bought one truck for the price of two. Yeah, and and so and you're right. We we don't pay attention. We, you to don't pay like attention that. to the the fine details, and they make and these these uh you know these bahanas they're so crafty and they're like you know don't read this one here. It's just a lot of mumbo jumbo here. It'll put you to sleep. It'll put you to sleep. Just sign your name here, and you're like, oh okay, I'll just do that. And you're like, okay, and they're they're I I picture this in the back of my head where they're like you know. You're, they're like tapping their fingers, like <laughs> you know, they're they're like, laughing, they're like, laughing like, away. Like Scrooge McDuck, yeah, like Scrooge McDuck. And I picture that every time that I sign a contract. And <laughs> well, you know, I, and that's the thing is that as 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 folks out here on the res, we never get a financial education. No, and you know, because we we understand what it is to have money, we understand what it is to spend money. But I guess really the big part that we're missing is that long term understanding. Of of what you're getting yourself into when you want to buy something big. Yeah. Because yeah. like you mentioned with the G shed, a lot of the times in those situations is that the only thing that you're fixated on is what you have to pay in that moment on that day. It's like, oh, I only have to pay $200 and I get this shed. Yeah. And that's really all that a lot of us think about is just the money that we have to pay up front. Because then, you know, long term, I think a lot of our mentalities is that, you know, oh, I'll figure it out. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll figure it out if the monthlies are 500 or more. I'll figure it out a way to pay it. I'll maybe get a job and I'll start paying on it. But then when it actually comes to it, when you do have to pay your monthlies on these big purchases that you spend, that we're unable to do it. And it's, unable to do it. And so it's, it's, um, it's weird in a way because you're not paying for the actual item. You're paying for the interest first and then you pay for the actual item. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what that's what basically happened to us when we owned our truck. You know, we're we're at like 27% interest rate and we didn't know that. And it's like 20%, that's, you know, that's less than 30%, <laughs> you know, and thinking that, you know, that mindset that's of like, steal. that's a steal, guys. So sign your name right away. We're going to get 27%. It's less than 30%. I know 30% is more. So, and not knowing that that 27% is... Like it's it's so high, you know. Like you like, know, like like I said, you're you're paying for two vehicles, yeah, and you're really only getting one <laughs> at at the end of the day. And you know, and I, I guess you know, before we started blabbing off into space, that there is a reason why we're doing this episode. Yeah, that there exactly. Is a purpose why we're talking about finances, and really, I think that um, 
as the episode goes forward, this is going to really tie in with uh, small businesses. Yeah. Because, you know, we've talked about this before in several of our episodes about Hopi small businesses. We've yeah. talked about economic development. We've talked about the lack thereof of jobs for folks out here in structured uh, organizations such as schools, hospitals, etc. And so a lot of our people have gone out to start their own businesses. And, you know, in, in our previous episode that we had with uh, Jennifer Himmel, the owner of uh, Arizona Big Sky Soaps, that we talked a lot about some of the different barriers. But one of the barriers that we didn't talk about in that episode with her was the financial part of starting a small business. Yeah. And yeah. so we have some special guests. Like, we have some special guests that are involved with small businesses, guests that understand the finances and, you know, kind of the, the, the barbed wire, so to speak, about, you know, the things that we're afraid of. But we definitely want to bring in uh, another individual yeah. who has made this episode possible. So I'd like to welcome to uh, the, the studio here, Dave Castillo. Hey, welcome. Thank you for welcoming me. <laughs> it's good to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Love so, your show. So, so Dave, uh, we definitely like to thank you for the opportunity for um, making this episode possible. And so if you could just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, kind of just give some background as to why we're here today talking about finances. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so my name is Dave Castillo and um, CEO for Native Community Capital. And we are, um, we make loans for native owned businesses and also home loans on the reservation and off and um, been doing this uh, for about 12 years. We have an office in Laguna Pueblo and we've got an office down here in Arizona where I'm at. And yeah, the, the reason I asked uh, the guys to, to help me out and kind of talking about this uh, with the community and, and everyone who's listened to the show is exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of anxiety Sometimes I refer to it as the money demon. You know, there's a lot of things we don't talk about, right? You know, and um, and money's one of them, you know. And the thing is, we, we've got a lot of native entrepreneurs and, and, and to run a business, you need money um, or at least to, you know, to be able to run it uh, and, and grow it and do well and maybe employ more of your uh, extended family or, uh, do interesting things. Uh, we just uh, helped finance a commercial uh, mixing machine for a woman who makes uh, oven bread and sells it out of her home and she caters uh, for her tribe. And, you know, she was telling, I don't even remember how many pounds of dough she mixes, but I remember she said, I thought, oh my God, that's <laughs> a lot of dough. You do that by hand? And she said, yeah, that's why I need the machine, but it's $3,800. And so, one of the things that she said is, but I don't think, you know, uh, I said, well, how's your credit? And she said, oh, it's really bad. It's really bad. And, um, and she said, well, let's take a look. And we did. And it turns out it wasn't that bad, but she'd never looked at it. Yeah. She just assumed that her credit was shot because she knew she had done some things that probably didn't make the most financial sense, but we got her with a credit counselor and they worked through it. We made her the loan and, um, yeah, it worked out, but that, I, I think it really comes down to what you guys are talking about is, um, you know, you, you make some assumptions and maybe you don't ask the questions because, um, because you don't know, because you're afraid of what the answer is going to be. And so basically we put together some videos that we're going to be releasing soon, uh, just to kind of help reduce some of that anxiety and answer some common questions and encourage people to pick up the phone and talk to folks that are out there like us and others who can help answer those questions and just have the conversation. Great. So great. You know, doing. you know, my, my uh, credit score is so low. They had to make me a special category where it's like, this is the Carl category. Where do you fall from 700 to 800? It's like, no, this is the hard Carl category here. When you applied for that loan, <laughs> they were probably asking real extensive questions like, uh, where do you keep the extra key? <laughs> For your, for your home. For your home. <laughs> no, they're, they're probably high-fiving each other. Like, we're going to be able to charge this guy 27%. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Dave, for, yeah. for, for being here. And, you know, I, 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 it's, I guess it's kind of weird that you and I, Carl, haven't thought to have this conversation before because, you know, it really is something that a lot of us out here experience mm -hmm. with this whole financial 
um, aspect, I guess, of, of what it is that we try to do as Native people, whether that's yeah. trying to start our own business. And, you know, there there are just some things that we really need. You know, we need well, we, we need vehicles. You well, know, we he, need rides. You we know, need places to live in. We need uh, other types of things, especially with our culture, the different types of things that we do, that there are certain tools, I guess, that a lot of folks out here need. And sometimes, you know, you don't have the cash on hand to buy anything right out. But then, you know, this whole magical world of credit and loans and, you know, you start to think about the the, the nice truck before you even think about how much <laughs> it's going to cost you in the end. Because then, you know, I remember one time that when I got out of high school in college, I, I had a friend, he, he he's a, a res guy like us. And I remember he had a really nice Camaro one time, real nice Camaro. It was brand new too. And we we're asking him like, wow, you know, this is, this is new. This is yours. And he was yeah. like, yeah, this is yeah. mine. How much are you paying for it? You know, monthly. And he was like $700. <laughs> And right when he told me that, I I knew immediately that uh, he's probably not going to have this car for very long. (laughs) And sure enough, you know, the the car was gone because he couldn't afford to pay for it. Well, you know, the reason why we don't talk about these different types of things or this, this subject here is because we went to public school. And in public school, they never taught us the finance world. They just taught us home economics and not to not burn down the the kitchen once in a while. So I don't know, Carl, you're probably in a special class where they only <laughs> taught certain things. So, you know, maybe some people out there that had a public school education learned a little bit about finances. We had to wear, we had to wear helmets sometimes. I don't know. I don't know why we did. I don't know why we did they, that. They, so. they were padded, huh? <laughs> they were padded. We had to, you know, sit on a padded floor sometimes. I don't know, you know. <laughs> well, let's go to a quick commercial break and, you know, we'll come back. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Nurturing Indigenous Intelligence is a grassroots organization based on the Hopi Reservation. They work to alleviate the hardships in the community through acts of giving, from distributing school supplies, volunteering at various places, and working to expand their services. Follow them on Instagram at NurturingISquared and on Facebook at NISquared Team to find out more. Kuanvio Mala PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Viren Kuanvioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Kuanvio Mala is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. Terraform Development is a Navajo and Hopi-owned engineering, architectural, and project management firm located in northern Arizona. The company has full-time staff and comprises of Navajo and Hopi employees. Terraform services include civil engineering, residential design, drone mapping, and project management on projects for your need. Terraform is a Priority One Navajo Certified Business and Hopi Business License Certified. Contact Terraform Development at T-E-R-R-A the number four orm.com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. And we're back. And so now I think it's a great time to bring in our additional special guest. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast for the first time, Christy Honey. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I'm really excited to be here and a part of this uh, financial podcast. I love finances. Ugh. I, I know you You're love finances. You're one of those people. She, she, those people. She, she's one of those people where she'll be telling you, you better be counting the change in your cup holders in the car because <laughs> it all adds up. You probably have like spare, uh, what are those, uh, coin, coin? Uh, what are those little things that you put the coins in there? The ones that you wear on your belt? <laughs> From Sonics, you probably have the Sonics coin purse in your in your car. No, not at all. And, and, like and so Chrissy, can you quickly... Um, Give your introduction to our listeners. Uh, sure. Um, and, and, and how you your feet kind of swim into this financial aspect of life. Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Christy Honey. I'm from uh, Mongkopi. I have uh, three kids, um, Masunga. And um, I really actually started my own personal journey in finances back in January of 2017. Started working on my debt and, you know, investing uh, saving for emergency fund. 
And just recently in the last year or so, I joined a a team of other financial professionals and wanting to help other other individuals like myself and even really just our native communities of learning about finances, educating them in finances, um, you know, life insurance, uh, retirement, emergency fund, debt management, credit, you know, building your credit. So, um, however, uh, recently I just kind of ventured off on my own. I want to kind of grow on my own and do it on my own time. So I, I am working with individuals here and there and trying to educate everybody on on finances and how they can help build build their wealth and, you know, create their financial house, um, even starting with life insurance and, you know, helping individuals not try to live paycheck to paycheck because that's what a lot of us do. And just learning about debt and your credit. Um, I, I've myself been in the, the, the depths of, I had to file for bankruptcy back in August of 2010. And today I got my credit up to about almost seven, 786 right now. So, you know, it, it, it's a tough road. It, it takes a lot of uh, discipline, responsibility, not to live above your means. And just like you were talking about, J-Man, with the, with the whole vehicles, you know, we're, we're always trying to keep up with the Joneses with, oh, I need to get that bigger vehicle. I need to get that expensive vehicle, that, that Camaro, that truck with the, you know, lift. Um, it's about, you know, trying to I guess really to decide on what your your personal financial goals are and working to that. Um, just a lot of discipline and knowing where you can save and even investing, you know, learning about investing. And I think that's scary too, giving your money to a bigger company or source and not knowing if your money's gonna grow or decrease, but it's, I guess, having also that patience in learning where your money is going and what investments there are and having patience and always contributing on a monthly basis and just trying to save and live below your means, really. Thank you for the introduction, Christy. And, you know, I think Carl is somebody that you don't absolutely have to worry about in terms of <laughs> trying to keep up with the Joneses. So, ladies, if you're out there, you're looking for a nice frugal man, I, I think Carl's the way to go. He <laughs> was driving around a, a Subaru and, you know, had issues with that. So he bought a new car. A new and, Subaru. And it turns out he bought a new Subaru. Yeah. Just a different color. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird because I, I know I'm rich. You know, I have I have money to, to throw around. And... I, I I was going to say, thank you, Carl, for trusting in me to invest your money. And now yeah. we got this great, successful podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. So you're, you're welcome. You know, the, the whole setup in this, in our studio is about $1,400. So, and my car is about $27,000. So I think I can pay it off next year. <laughs> <laughs> my credit, my credit is so low. You know, I, I don't really care about that. <laughs> your credit is so low that we have to dig a hole just to find it. <laughs> So, Carl, is that um, car a used car or a brand new car? It's a used car. So, okay. yeah. That's good. Good step right there. Good job. Yeah. I've, I've owned several cars that were used. So. <laughs> and then uh, also, too, I'd like to welcome back to the podcast is uh, Wendy Lewis. And so this is Wendy's second time joining us here. And so, Wendy, welcome back to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hi. And, and thank you for joining us again, Wendy. And uh, you, I believe you know Dave and you know Christy. And so, you know, we're just going to go on and have this uh, this five-way, I guess, in terms of conversating about financials and, and entrepreneurship. And Wendy, you are the owner of a business, correct? Yes, that is correct. Will you please tell our listeners about your business? Um, I own a um, Hopi-inspired running apparel company. Um, it's called strong ones. Um, yeah, I, you know, design and, um, even develop, um, apparel and, um, and sell it on my online store. I sell it in person. Um, ultimately the goal was, is there's bigger dreams, <laughs> there's bigger dreams for it, but, um, yeah, right now, currently I'm just, selling and helping in small ways in the community. Um, I guess, I guess, empowering, fundraising, donating, things like that. So, so Wendy, what, what uh, influenced you to get your business started? What was the, what was the 
background history of your business? Um, well, I have run for most of my life. Um, it's been my life since I was probably, I remember winning the one mile Louis Duanima race. That's my first running memory. Um, I was probably like six or something. And, um, I wasn't, I wasn't a fast runner in the beginning. I was, you know, I was just something that, you know, my, my stepdad was a coach for cross country. And I think I kind of just tagged along or, you know, got dragged along at times and, and it just became a part of my life. Um, and, it was such a huge part of my life that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I believe that a lot of who I am today and what I do and how I think of things, a lot of it, um, I, I, I feel that running was a big part of it. So, um, the things that I learned, um, the discipline, you know, all of those things, they all played a big part in shaping me. And, you know, even when I, left and I stopped running after college. Um, it, it's just always been something that I always try to find myself to be a part of. I coached at the high school for many years. I started running with friends a lot and we would talk and we'd be like, you know, because we, this is what we do. And it's like, we should, it, it would be cool to have something, you know, when we go, cause we would run out of state, we would just do different things. And It'd be cool to have something that reflected us, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of why we run is, you know, a part of, you know, our Hopi and our Hopi history and our culture. And, you know, when we had this conversation while running, I thought, you know, that would be really cool. You know, I want to, I do want to do something like that. And so it just slowly started from there. Actually using the Hohongvit was the original concept. And then I reversed it because I wanted to incorporate other tribes. And then I decided, okay, I just kind of want to, you know, it's, it's a lot of partnership, you know, in terms of trying to incorporate other tribes into it. And I just wanted to focus back on, on Hopi. So I'm kind of turning it back around, but currently it's known as strong ones. And, you know, we're here today. <laughs> wow. And so running's a pretty big part of your life. I imagine that your kids are runners as well. Yes. Um, all of my, my kids run well for the, for the most part, my daughter ran in high school. She also ran at the same community college I ran in after she graduated high school. Um, and then my daughter ran for part of her high school, junior high to high elementary to part of her high school years. And then I have a couple young ones that are, I'm taking my time getting them into running. Um, just because I know what that can how what kind of impact that have when you do the force only the strong survive when it comes to forcing your kids to you know get out there and run and do these things and you know it takes you got to be really strong to be able to carry that on you know beyond high school and not get tired of it mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to be careful and um, trying to you know just take my time with them so that they can and, carry it on. And I, I imagine that you probably married a runner too as well. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> so do you, do you run J man? Do you run currently? You know what? I was just about to ask you that too, Carl. What, what are some of your fun? I, I never run, run, run running, running. I don't, moments. I don't run. I can admit that I don't run. The last time I ran was when, uh, this was last year and I'll, I'll tell this little story here. I went down to my bean field and I was like, okay, I I'm finished, you know, uh, chopping the weeds and everything. And I said, I'll go for maybe a slight, a little jog around the, the field there. And then your knees started. And cracking. then my knees started cracking and I'm like, the hell is wrong with me. I'm not even old. It was like things hurt when I ran like half a lap and it was, I got back to the car. I was like out of breath. And went, <laughs> oh my God, is this so hard? You, you told this one already, Carl. Oh, did I tell this one <laughs> yes, already? you did. <laughs> must, Not, be getting, the, must be getting old. But, but you know, I, I think that's a representation about the longevity of our podcast is that when you get to a point to where you're already rehashing old stories, but you know, I mean, it doesn't look like it, but I used to run in high school and I also ran collegiately. And so, you know, the, those are, are, are my running stories, but you know, and you know, I think that this is a conversation that everybody can join in. And, and so Wendy, um, if you can share with us what some of the, maybe the financial barriers were 
to starting your own business. And I know, uh, Christy, this is probably something that you can also chime in on as well with your experiences with larger organizations and the finance, the finances needed to fuel a larger organization. So, Wendy, if you could go ahead and start, start with this question. Um, well, I left my job in the summer of 2018 to focus completely on this um, running apparel company and building it. Um, and I quickly got anxiety and started looking for a part-time job because I had no, you know, income. I was a single mom for many, many years in the early 2000s. And, and I'm kind of an independent person. And, you know, until... You know, I met my now husband and, you know, it was different. I mean, it, it was it was it was a big decision for me to quit work and not have any sort of income and depend on him 100 um, percent. But I did get anxiety. So I did apply for a part time job. Um, a lot of the things that my money, you know, you think you have all this money saved up and, you know, I'm like, OK, I have all this money saved up. I'm going to quit. I'm ready. And then, you know, you're on your own and with no, you know, constant income. I had to purchase inventory. I had to purchase my printing. I have to travel to sell. At that time, I didn't have a website yet. You know, all of these different things and and my money was just flying away. <laughs> and so I, um, I, you know, I, I got that part-time job. I relied on my husband to pay for a lot of my things and, um, you know, to pay for the travel so that I could, you know, to do this and try to make it work. Um, I, I always, how I've always, well, how I've always operated, you know, to date is that, you know, I, I create a product. I, you know, I, I make my money off of it. I save, I, you know, and then I, most of the time I reinvest, um, into, um, bigger purchases, like, you know, a machine or something that's going to help the process a little bit more. I finally bought a website. So since 2018, a lot of my income, if, if there was any profit has just been reinvested into growing, um, growing the company. Um, I believe that, in 20, 2019 was the first year I actually did file. I did file for my taxes for 2019 as a sole proprietor, strong ones. I finally got a business checking account to keep my finances separate from my personal and, you know, did the whole tax filing thing that way. And now, you know, it's, it's still a part of my, it's still under my name. Um, but it's, um, but it's a separate because I have that separate account set, um, set up with the bank. It helps. Um, it helps a lot in terms of if, of my my growth. So so Wendy, on a on a, on a scale of one to ten, how successful is your business uh, from when you started to now? I'd like to say that it's a maybe a seven to a. Yeah, probably like a seven. It's not quite where I want it to be. I do have full-time, have got back into full-time work um, in the fall of 2019 and that has slowed it down. Um, but it's it's good when I work on it. Um, I love it. It makes me happy. And, you know, I hope to someday be able to jump off the bridge again, you know, give it another shot and go at it. Um because like I said, I have all these goals for what I want it to do. I'm only doing a really small portion in terms of my give back to my community. And the whole idea is to, you know, empower and employ our Hopi community on Hopi, build this on Hopi. And, you know, that's, that's the dream. And hopefully I go after it again, take another big leap again soon. Thank you for sharing that with us, Wendy. And your your husband, he sounds like a real five-star guy. I know. I'm, and, I'm sitting right next to you, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I think I think that the 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 picture that you drew for us, I, I, I think, is a really great insight for, for a small business. Because, you know, I think that, you know, for a lot of us out here, 
when you think about starting a small business, we think, you know, things like building a lemonade stand to where, you know, all you have to do is run to the grocery store, buy lemons, sugar and water, and then you're, you're up for business. But then, you know, to really build a business, to really brand your business, that there's so much more money that goes into it. You mentioned the website. And then, you know, another thing on our side that we spend a lot of money on for the, the podcast is marketing are bringing in individuals that have other types of skill sets that might not be within your immediate household to try to expand. And, you know, Carl and I definitely know about that. You know, we're, we always joke around and we say that we're the, 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 we don't get paid around here and everybody else <laughs> around here gets paid a lot more money than, than we yeah, do. Yeah. And, you know, and Christy, this is probably something that you could also give some insight on because then, you know, I think that for a lot of us, you know, when you think about the larger businesses, when you think about the Walmarts, the targets that, you know, you go in there and you think that they're making tons of money, which they probably are, but not really understanding what their overhead is, meaning, you know, the money that they're paying employees, money that they're uh, paying for uh, people to drop in their shipments and et cetera. And so Christy, can you share, you know, I guess at least your understandings of what it costs to run a, a large thing like that, or even with, with what your experiences are? Well, right now uh, with my full-time job, I do help manage at least between three to three to about a little over 3 million. And Definitely Doll dollars. Three, yeah, three million dollars. U.S. dollars. U.S. dollars. This, is, I'm, this I'm, is not Korean money here. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm sorry. I, I had to clarify that because in my household we are on this Squid Game yeah. trip, and, and it's our forty million um, with the show. Yeah, forty billion. Uh, what was it? Yen or whatever? Or un or I don't know uh, what it's called. Yeah, yeah. My daughter watches. Watch yeah, that. I binge watch that whole entire show. But anyway, back to you. But um, yeah, the you know three million. And it, it sounds like a lot of money, but when you first start, I mean, the the budget goes to salaries, salaries, benefits, fringe benefits. You know, that takes a majority of the the cost. And then, you know, allocating everything else to your expenses, depending on what your business is, you know, what kids, education, um, uh, products that you're buying, um, services that you're maybe outsourcing to other companies. It, it does take a big portion and it's learning how to separate and allocate budget that the rest of the money that you're, that is not going to your employees. So it, it is a lot of work. And then, you know, just trying to even the portion of recruitment retention of those employees to make sure that they want to stay with your company it's it's a lot of work to try to manage all that money and decide on what what's the priority to you know number ten to number one or number one to number ten. Uh, you you have to decide on what to allocate to. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about, but I, I, good for you. Well, if everybody gets paid the minimum wage, yeah, then then shouldn't we be coming out on top? Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> and then, you know, and then being on the reservation, sometimes we don't have to follow that state minimum wage. No. We can be lower or higher if we want it to. So, yeah, I know that uh, Hot Vela store, they pay their employees, uh, I think it was like five to seven dollars an hour. God, yeah. really? And that's, and that's living on the reservation. You, you know, I absolutely had no idea that that's the case. So uh, we're going to have to meet again and talk about our, uh, our, our salary, our, our social our, media and <laughs> our uh, graphic design salaries. So uh, yeah, our social media and our graphic I, design kidding, person. I'm just kidding, Kelly and Steve. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you might be getting a smaller check this month. So, <laughs> and, and you can thank Christy for that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. She refinanced my entire mind. <laughs> <laughs> and and I guess, you know, talking about moving on and kind of talking about, you know, kind of the scary things about finances and Wendy, um, what what were some real, I guess, intimidating situations that you were undertaking when you were developing your business as it related to the finances, like, you know, things of considering taking out business loans or any other types of things like that? Um, the biggest one, the first one, I guess, was, you know, whether or not I felt I had the um, the flow of the cash flow to maintain a business checking account. 
Um, so that took me a while to get that, to consider to actually invest in or take the time to go and learn and get a separate checking account. Um, and so that was one of the most, that, that took me a while in 2019 to kind of just like, you know, okay, I think I do need to start keeping things separate. Um, and business loans are always, you know, there, um, but I've always been scared of business loans, you know, like back in the, back in my paycheck to paycheck days when I, you know, was working at the high school and, um, I don't know if you guys remember the payday loans things. Remember oh, those? Yeah. Um, yes. the, 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 yeah. And that was like, you know, the thing that kept me going. And it was then, you know, like that you learn later about the finance rates and that, you know, crazy amounts that you were being charged to get a couple hundred dollars from the payday loans. And um, yeah, I just, I just never, um, I try, I always told myself, you know, let's try to, let's try to do this without a loan. Um, and so I was able to kind of stay afloat, um, with that it's, and then credit cards, I've never owned a credit card, um, because my mom always told me not to, (laughs) and, um, she would always like, don't you dare, don't ever don't, you know, don't do it. And so I never owned a credit card to this day. And the, um, I'm learning now that, you know, I probably can, um, I pro- you know, like, so I have what they call no credit because they never seen me pay off a credit card. It's crazy. Like I, um, it, it, it almost benefits you as much as having bad credit to not have any credit. Um, I get denied for a lot of things. And so to like, now I'm almost 40 and I'm finally, you know, going to take the leap and say, okay, I'll do a credit card now. Because like that, as I want my business to grow, I want to um, be able to show that I, I do have credit or, you know, I'm able to pay, pay these things off, pay certain things off and um, invest in bigger things for my company. Wow. You know, uh, <clears throat> Seoul and Gua had credit cards and they finally paid, uh, Seoul finally paid off her, her Woolworths credit card and Woolworths <laughs> have not been around <laughs> since the 1940s. So, you know, that just kind of goes to show you that credit can kind of follow you anywhere. <laughs> I just wanted to comment on that because, um, you know, I think a lot of the businesses that we work with, they start from kind of what Wendy was talking about, just that passion. It was like, I, I've always been about running, you know, I love running. I'm going to make that part of, I, it already is who I am. And I, maybe I could kind of make a business out of this. Um, so I, I want to make sure it's, you know, we kind of talk about some of the successes that we see in Indian country, uh, but but that it's a journey, right? We had a guy who, uh, like Wendy, was just printing, you know, shirts and selling them out of his trunk of his car, you know, and um, he wanted to do more, but um he, he says this, he's got a little blog post that he put up and he said, you know, I, I was a really good artist, but I didn't know any, I wasn't a good business person. And it seemed like those were two sides of what needed to, what I needed to be to, to be able to grow the business. And when he says this one thing that kind of is really moving too, he says, you know, I felt like, you know, trying to do work in a non-Indian community, I really felt like, uh, like they felt like I, I shouldn't even exist. And that was kind of a heavy thing, right? It's kind of like, I, I want to be successful. I want my art to grow. I want to get it out there. And uh, he really had that feeling, but he just, um, he didn't have the skills. We had another guy who did a, does a mobile um, auto repair on the reservation. And he came to us and he said, yeah, you know, the business is really good. People really like my service. I charge fair prices. You know, a lot of people can't make it into town to get their cars repaired or they can't even get them to start up (laughs) to get repaired. So I go to them and we said, great, you know, let's take a look at kind of how you've been managing your finances. And I said, you know, do you have financial statements? You know, pretty basic question that any lender is going to ask. Let's see how your business has been doing from uh, the numbers side of it. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I keep all my receipts for all everything I buy in my shoe in this shoe box here. And it's all organized really good. And I was sitting there with another lender and we're like, brother, we can't help you. You know I mean? We're not going to go through your shoe box of receipts. 
right? There is that kind of difference from kind of like that first guy was talking about going from being an artist, being doing what you do, doing what you know, doing what you love to moving to the other side um, in terms of kind of doing the, the boring stuff, the accounting stuff, the finance stuff. And so he said, but don't worry, you know, we got some grant money that we can uh, pay an accountant to, to sit with you, to work through, get those receipts. Turned out, actually, we had another person who literally came in with a garbage bag full of receipts and gave it to this accountant that we work with and said, here, you know, get me my financial statements. And the accountant was like, I'm not touching that. And she said, look, listen, let's get into your accounts. They got on the computer. They got into the accounts, her credit card account, her business credit card, her banking account. They said, look, with this program, which I think they're using QuickBooks or something like that, they said, all we got to do is put this information. And then the bank and the credit card company just dump all that information into the software. That's how we create your financial statements. Now, that lady who brought in that garbage full bag of receipts, no dummy. I mean, she... You know, she's a very smart lady, but she didn't know anything about the accounting side of the business. And she thought, well, I'll just save all my receipts in this garbage bag and I'll, I'll sort through them later. And the accountant was like, no, 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 that's not how we do it. Look, press of a button. Here it is. Now let's look at the numbers. So I think it's a real success story because that first guy I talked about, you know, he he's very successful. You know, people love him. People love his designs. You know, he gets invited to like Paris fashion week. He's got, you know, his merchandise at the national museum, the American Indian, all this stuff. But, um, but he still was kind of not getting with the program in terms of paying attention to the numbers. Uh, luckily his brother, who's kind of an engineer um, is a partner in the business. And he kind of, you know, had to, had a talk with his little brother and say, hey, let's get serious here. You know, when your accountant tells you, put a little bit of money aside to pay for your payroll taxes or whatever, we need to do that. And so he came back from this big trip. You know, he told us about it. He said, man, I got all these all these events that I'm going to hit. You know, I've got a new design, this, that, and other. He's really excited about it. So he comes back and uh, he comes to drop off a payment for the loan that we made him. And, I, and me and my partner, we're sitting here and say, hey, we want to hear about it. Tell us about how the how the trip went. And he said, man, there were some epic parties, man. And I was just, no, 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 wait, what? Like, we don't want to hear about that. Tell us about how the sales went. <laughs> you know, did the product fly off the shelf like he thought? It? So again, he still kind of was just kind of like trying to live that, that life, you know, as a young person, young artist environment and community. And he still hadn't quite made it over to that next side of kind of like, okay, I'm an artist. And I'm part of that community, but I'm also a business person and I want to be able to pay my employees. I want to be able to have a storefront at some point. I want to be able to kind of do these collaborations with people, you know, on the East Coast, whatever. And so, but I, I say it's a success story because at every step he was kind of like, you could see the light turning on and it wasn't so much a burden. It wasn't so much kind of like, oh, I got to do this. Um, because when it turns into that, then it kills the business. I, I knew another guy who owned a restaurant and, you know, he said it was the most miserable two years of my life. You know, I was there 24 hours. We could never kind of make the rent. We were always kind of on the verge of, you know, going bankrupt and we finally just shut it down, you know? And so you took something that he was really passionate about, which was, you know, traditional food cooking. And it just turned into a burden because, he wasn't paying attention to the business side of it. And if he would have just had some help, if he would have just had someone to say, hey, no, 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 you don't got to put all your receipts in a trash bag. Look, just press this button. Help, Let me help you, uh, you know, grow this business. And so that's why I think the people in our room today, you know, that's why they're so valuable. We can do this in a better way instead of going and getting one of those sheds and, and getting, you know, charged 60% interest, you know, and paying, like you said, you know, you can buy two of those things for the price of one for what you're paying. You, maybe you work with a native entrepreneur or a native financial advisor or another native business owner. And they say, no, no, there's a better way. And, and we can help each other out. I mean, we come together all the time for all kinds of things. How come we're not coming together around helping each other for supporting our small businesses? You know, uh, why is it such a secret to kind of, you know, talk about these money issues or talk about the trouble that we have with it. I mean, you're, you know, uh, Carl, you're a real, you're a real kind of put yourself out there. It's like, I took that run around the bean field and my legs were cracking. Well, we could say the same thing. I tried to run at this business and man, I lost my shirt. I don't know what I did wrong, but I think you're thinking about it. It's because I had the wrong 
whatever design. I had the wrong distribution strategy. I, had, I didn't do any marketing. You know, my knees were cracking, but then I figured out, man, if I just go back out this again, maybe I'll start a little slower and maybe kind of get someone to help like the five-star J-man here. Maybe he <laughs> knows something about running. <laughs> now, the reason why my knees were cracking, because I had the wrong shoes on, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they, thank you for sharing that, Dave. And Carl, I didn't want to ask you, so does Soul still make you save your receipts? <laughs> what receipts? I don't even print out receipts anymore. <laughs> my mom constantly, save your receipts, save really? your receipts. Like, why, mom? Like like Dave's point, it's all it lives online now. Yeah, it lives online now so <laughs> but you know and, and I, there was one more thing too that I wanted to get into before we run out of time but you know it, it's it's I think a lot of it like everybody is is saying everybody's contributions to, to the conversation that a lot of it I guess is really just paying attention learning the best business practices and like Christy said just being disciplined because you know sometimes you're there if you have a credit card and you know that you owe on your credit card you pay all your bills and you just so happen to have $500 left over that, you know, it's really hard for us to, okay, I'm going to put 250 into the credit card, yeah. even though I yeah. already paid my monthly for that. But instead we go out and what can I buy for $500? <laughs> so, so, uh, Christy, what sort of advice do you have for our listeners that are listening to this financial episode? And, and on top of that, Christy, can, uh, I guess really it would intertwine with Carl's question with your experiences working with our people. What are some of the biggest questions that people ask and what are we the most afraid of yeah. when it comes to finances? Just like Dave said earlier, the hardest part is just starting the conversation, wanting to talk about finances, wanting to talk about money. And lately, you know, my experience has been, oh, I'm okay. We're okay. We don't, you know, we don't need any help. We're, we're okay. Everybody's okay. But I think it's important that we at least take a look at it. How much debt do we have? What's our income coming in? What's our expenses? What what are our monthly expenses? I mean, we could be spending $500 a month on eating out or buying clothes, you know, tra uh, traveling. Yeah, but, you know, uh, where can we cut some of these items? And if we can find where we can, you know, save some money, you know, invest that money. Yes, it's good to put money in in a bank. But if you look at the interest rate, you know, in there, it's like 0.01% as opposed to putting it in maybe a, a 401k Roth IRA or even just a regular investment account, you know, your money's going to um, grow with compound interest in there. And it's learning and learning about these types of things on how you can make your money grow or, you know, your money's growing and you're, you don't have to do anything. Um, so really it's just wanting to start that conversation of, of looking at your finances, looking at your income, your expenses, just wanting to say, okay, okay, where am I really at? Let, let's take a look at the big picture and where do you want to go? What, what's, what are your goals? You know, I know a lot of us, uh, depend on social security, you know, we're going to, well, I'm going to retire and I'll have social security. But, you know, for us, you know, um, social security might not even be there. And then what are, then what are we going to do? Well, we're going to have to probably work until we're a hundred years old and who wants to do that? So goals, really, it's just <laughs> starting that conversation of wanting to take that look at your finances and, you know, getting, you know, asking the right person, asking the right questions. Um, but, Again, like I said, just looking at that big picture and what are your personal financial goals? Thank you. Yeah. You, you know, you know, the, the reason why we don't like to talk about finances, it's the same. Re it's the same thing with Native men's health. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it because we know it's all effed up. Yeah. We, we don't want to go to the hospital because we know there's something wrong with <laughs> there's us. There's something wrong with us. And, <laughs> and we're afraid there, for them to tell us what if, it is. If there's something sticking out or that we're, we're not used to having or seeing, then uh, we'll go to the hospital. So <laughs> otherwise we'll live with it. So Wendy, uh, do you have any advice for upcoming like um, uh, artists or small, business small, starters. small businesses, starters, any, any type of advice? I guess my advice is, you know, like if you want to grow, you are going to have to eventually get comfortable with these Bahana ways of managing your business, you know, where um, I can't, I start, I was helping a lot of people when the Corona relief fund um, applications came out and they were for the businesses on Hopi. 
And so many of them hit this wall of rejection and frustration, anger, um, because they needed a DUNS number. They didn't have a DUNS number. Then they, you know, there was other, you know, there was all these ways. Okay, if you don't have a DUNS number, do you at least file your taxes? No. Like, I want to say 98% of the people that came to me, 98, 99% of the people that came to me that wanted to apply for this funding did not file their um, business um, income as um, under taxes. You know, we just all, you know, pocket the money, reinvest it, you know, um, to just, you know, get us through the years. And that's just how we operate. And um, unfortunately, you know, these grant opportunities, like Dave said, you know, um, you, you do have to show, you have to show your, you have to show your business operation um, through your, financial statements through your bake statements. Um, and that's only, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's, you know, the wrong way to approach it, how a majority of us do, because I mean, I did it, but you know, when, when you understand about grants, when you understand about this federal funding that was available, you know, it does benefit you to have those things in place. And, um, and yeah, you know, just it helps you when you file your taxes. If you claim all of that income um, during tax time, you can go back and check your business account to make sure that your, um, you know, your numbers are correct in case you get audited. Um, so um, and then to one of the other things that I wanted to bring up was that, you know, a lot of the time our people at home on Hopi, they're not um they're not comfortable with loans or they feel like, okay, these banks are going to say, no, they're going to say no to me. I want to get a loan, but they're going to say no to me. Um, I hope that people become more familiar with the Hopi Credit Association, which is our only Hopi um, CDFI community development financial institution. And they provide business loans and a CDFI um, creates their programs based on the, um, the people that they serve. And so one of the unique things about Hopi Credit Association is, is just like what Dave does, you know, they can work with you. Um, they can figure out ways to help you um, get that loan. You know, if you, um, the finance rates are, they're not super high, what a bank would probably give you, you know, with, um, if you don't have that financial statement history that's the that's the beauty of this the Hopi Credit Association is they can um, as long as you you have some sort of documentation there's a good possibility that they'll work with you um, figure out what assets you have that will help you get a loan um, you know all the way down to a computer you own um, some people even you know their Hopi UC like, you know, they're confident that they can pay that back, um, pay that loan back. You know, they do, you know, they finance um, based because because the people on Hopi understand the value of those things. So. Um, so, yeah, those are my little pieces of um, advice. Th yeah. Thank you for so, that. So, so I, I guess the recommendation then would be for us to start opening those IRS letters that, that have been, <laughs> that have been in, coming in. Uh, we kind of just threw <laughs> to the side. Yeah. I, I kind of just put them underneath my car seat and just ta ta taxes. Uh, yeah. So we don't have to pay taxes on this stuff. <laughs> And, and Dave, uh, any last words from you, from your company, from your end, any advice that you like to give out to our listeners as well? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. I, I want to also first re recognize Hopi Credit Association. They've been at it for a really long time. They're one of the first and original, you know, native run, native led uh, financial institutions serving native people. And now there's about 70 of us across the country. So I want to do a little shout out to some other groups that are kind of getting started in this space. Uh, Native Women Lead, you got to check them out. They're going to be launching a fund here uh, not too long, specifically for Native women entrepreneurs. And I think they're going to have a forgiveness provision in there too for a portion of the loan once you pay off. They, they really don't like the five C's of credit. They say, oh, we don't want to see your financial statements. We're going to work on the five R's and I don't remember what they all stand for, but it's like, you know, respect, reciprocity. It's all about, 
you know, really community as opposed to just the bottom line. So Native Women Leaders out there, there's another group called Change Labs. They're helping out in the uh, Tuba City and Munkapi area. And, you know, the thing about them and this other group called the Native Entrepreneur in Residence Program is there's so much information out there. Everyone's got a smartphone. You could learn this stuff on your own. You know, it strikes me that so many people go online for all kinds of reasons, right? You're looking stuff up, you're, you're following a video series, um, you know, or you're, you're looking at some naughty stuff, right? People spending a lot of time like online, you know, if you're running a business, if you want a business, there's a lot you can learn online from a lot of different sources uh, from native people too. Like I said, from Native Women Lead, Change Labs, Native Entrepreneur and Residence Program. Um, there's just so many resources out there. I just really encourage folks uh, to go out there, either get online or pick up the phone and talk to someone because it's not just us. Um, there's there's a lot of new resources out there, especially for native people uh, who who want to kind of, you know, original, the original entrepreneurs, you know, in terms of kind of uh, providing uh, products or services um, in a way that isn't really just about how much money I can make, but how can I help the community? How can I put something out there that represents who we are and do it in a way um, that helps, uh, you know, beautify the world and, and really help other people. So I think if we want to grow, if we want to do more, um, there's ways we can go about it and we don't have to do it, you know, like I say, the, the Pahana way, right. It's it, there, there are other ways we can do this. And I think the last thing I'll say is, um, I don't think we, we should expect other people to do it for us. You know, we can do this on our own. Um, we maybe need some help once in a while. I'll, I'll mention, you know, Wells Fargo right now. I know they, they kind of had a bad rap because of their support of Dapple, but they fired their CEO. They got a new one. And supposedly pretty soon here, they're going to launch this big native initiative. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't think we should rely on it, but once in a while, you know, the, the Pahano world is going to pay attention to natives and, you know, we can use those resources when they come, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do these things for our own anyway. And I, again, really hats off to Hopi Credit Association because that's kind of the approach they took. They said, we can rely on those banks off the reservation, or we could try to do something for ourselves. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us, uh, especially like Wendy said, you know, these small businesses are trying to make a go of it. Um, you can reach out to another business owner, another native business owner. It's nice to see tribes also kind of cooperating with each other, um, you know, and buying native. So I'm really hopeful for this. Um, you know, check out our video series that we're going to be dropping here uh, on our website, on our YouTube channel, learn a little bit more, pick up the phone. Um, the folks that are in the room here, they're right there on the reservation. You know, you check in with them too. Or like a lot of times what happens is like, hey, they know my you know, they know my in-laws. I don't necessarily want them to know my business. Well, that's okay. You know, there's folks throughout Indian country uh, who you can talk to that will, you know, talk to you as a relative and someone who wants to see you succeed. And um, so much going on. It's really encouraging. Uh, we just opened up, uh, or some Native women just opened up a, a Native uh, art gallery here in the Phoenix Metro called Cahokia. You know, so these things are happening over here in Scottsdale, Old Town. We've got the first native owned, um, uh, you know, shop. Uh, and it's usually just been non-natives out there. Old Town, Albuquerque, we've got a native owned gallery there as well. And then you've got, uh, you know, like these uh, young ladies who are starting up their, their soap and other beauty products. Uh, you know, you're seeing more and more of it. So I think now's the time, really, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of people taking that that risk, taking that jump, like Wendy said, and uh, folks like us, like Native Community Capital and our other allies, like I said, uh, are out there to lend a hand. So be encouraged. Uh, let's talk about this stuff, and uh, and yeah, let's 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 make something happen for ourselves. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, for the information that all of you guys have given us today, because I had no idea that finance was an interesting topic. I basically avoided it because they, it was never taught to us in, in high school or taught to us in grade school. In your special class. And, 
in my special <laughs> classroom. And, and uh, you know, even in college, I never learned about that because I went to a drawing school and that was the easiest thing to do. And in college, they encourage you to spend. And so rather yeah, than, than yeah, save, so. yeah, exactly. But, but thank you all for joining us today. We, you know, we congratulate you on your successes, on your businesses, uh, and you, you know, giving us this financial advice. Carl in a congratulated way. everybody. Some everybody drink. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that part of the drinking game uh-huh. that you have on me? Yeah, the, the, the new drinking game it's for like the for every the time I say congratulations for, for the consecutive listeners out there. Anytime Carl <laughs> says any of his usual sayings, you got to drink something. <laughs> drink water. <laughs> Uh, this one could be a good one. Uh, J man is a bonehead. So drink to that. You've never said that. Uh, It's going to, it's going to happen. So, (laughs) but anyway, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Our special guests. We hope that, uh, we can uh, bring them back into the studio for something different. And I I think we could talk a lot more about this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, and an hour is not enough to talk about finances, but, but thank you anyway. If you had uh, gotten this far into the podcast, I congratulate you. Everybody drink. (laughs) I congratulate you guys and everything. So um, if you guys want to donate something, uh, if you want to become our 30 pack sponsor, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become our monthly uh, sponsor. It's only 99 cents or four or 499. I believe it's something like that. Or if you want to donate a dollar or more, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate $1 or more. And if you're not following us on our socials, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Carl and J-Man. And if you'd like to send us an email for sponsorship information, you can email us at cjpodcast85 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give us a five-star review because you are not five stars unless Apple Podcasts says your podcast is five stars. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend J-Man. So long, Clark